Welcome to the Culture and Cafecito podcast. I am your host, Natalia Montoya Casanova, culture coach and consultant. Here on the show, I'll challenge you to explore all the broad definitions of culture, how you relate to culture, and develop new ways to approach the world and people around you. You'll hear from experts, leaders, and extraordinary people of all industries who have expertise and curiosity for sharing and exploring the nuanced and all-encompassing topic of culture. These conversations will help you redefine your thinking as an individual and as a leader in order to more meaningfully collaborate, communicate, and connect with your teams and your communities. Well, hello again. Welcome to another episode of Culture and Cafecito. This is episode six, Culture and Crochet in Community with Miss Toby Ann King, crochet queen and business owner. On today's episode, in light of Toby's work crocheting, we chat about culture as it relates to identity, community, and connection. As the original creator, Toby shares how her sense of identity and community was impacted when her Bernie doll and crochet pattern went viral. In this conversation, we explore each other's backgrounds with crocheting and how we truly have the power to not only choose with what and how we identify, but also how we can use crafts and the things that we love the most to create community and conscious connection with ourselves and those around us. Let's get started. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yeah, the echo's not a problem. As long as you can hear me, I think we should be able to have a good conversation. Awesome, awesome. Oh my gosh, thank you for joining. I'm so happy to see you. Do you have coffee or something to drink? Maybe some water? That's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I had my um, coffee this morning. No worries. I, I'm a coffee fiend, so um, I always uh, have my coffee in hand. And of course, it's culture and cafecito today, culture and coffee. And so uh, I can't go on without it. Um, so yeah, let's see if a few other people join. I'm so excited to have you on. And uh, thank you once again for you know your willingness to connect with me. Uh, I'm so excited <laughs> to connect with you. Uh, is there um, anything you want to like say before we get started? I'm, if not, I can uh, I can I can begin. Yeah, no, get started. I, I'm I'm excited. Whatever you nice. want to say, go for it. Yeah. No problem. Well, did you get your furniture? That's the first thing. I did. I did. We, it was my daughter's bedroom furniture, and that was very important because she's been sleeping with me, and that's not fun. <laughs> I hear that. I hear that. No worries. Wow. Well, I'm glad. So. Um, So to get started, first, I wanted to introduce myself um, to your followers and also um, to you, because I don't think we've had a chance to formally connect. Um, And so I know I shared a little bit about me, but uh, for everyone out there, my name is Natalia Montoya Casanova, and I am your culture coach and consultant. Um, You know, I recently coined myself as uh, as this um, with this title, but actually I am and have been working in the corporate space for some time. Um, So I am a culture coach and consultant primarily because I actually am coaching, um, I do one-on-one coaching with young professionals like myself um, who are really just looking to um, like create more clarity in their life around their professional goals, um, professional and personal goals. And also um, I work with teams um, to build corporate culture and also um, in the space of corporate wellness. So 
if anyone out there is um, looking, say, to plan their corporate retreat and wants to incorporate any aspects of culture building or co corporate wellness, I would be your girl for that. Wonderful. Um, wow. Yeah. And so that's why I'm a culture coach. Um, the name in itself is a paradox, right? I am, um, I don't teach people how to build culture. In fact, culture is co-created, right? Um, it's not something that I, I teach, but I am a guide, a connector, and I'm really excited to connect with you over this topic of culture. So just to preface this, the reason why um, the conversations are always about culture. So these cafecitos bring on experts, people of all backgrounds um, to, to talk about what culture means to them. Um, so the idea actually was born um, because I'm Colombian-American. <laughs> and and I, um, you know, I spent some time in Colombia, a lot of time in Colombia, but I spent a lot of my time actually drinking coffee with my grandfather. And he would have awesome. these like very extended conversations with me about his life, about his experiences, about his, my grandmother, who he loved so much. And what I started to realize is that culture, right, especially at the height of like Black Lives Matter and all this stuff we went through this year is culture is, a diff you know, it means something different for everybody. Um, and so um, in the space of also creating voice for women like you, especially today on, um, well, this month is International Women's Month, right? Highlighting women like yourself who are making a name for yourself, who are um, empowered, uh, per my, like how I see you. Um, also give voice to, um, to people to speak about what makes them, like what they're passionate about and also how they create culture and how they see it. So. That's about me. I wanted to toss it over to you. I don't know if you have any questions from that, but that's who I am. No, you sound wonderful. You sound so smart and everything. <laughs> <laughs> you are too. You're just fun. You're funnier than me. We'll see. We'll see about that. But no, I don't have any questions so far. But um, yeah, you sound like a wonderful person. I'm so happy that you had me here today. I hope that I have something you know, worth contributing to this conversation. Oh, we'll of course see. you do. We all do. We all do. You'll be surprised. It's, a little, it's very cathartic. So, um, so first I wanted to know, can you tell me who you are, what you do? Um, and yeah, just introduce yourself however that feels for you. Sometimes people don't know how to answer that. So whatever way you want to land it. Well, my name is Toby King. And um, I mean, I crochet. I'm the owner of Toby Time Crochet. And, and there really is so much more than dolls. Uh, that just happens to be the one thing that I, I think I'm better at than everything else. But I love crocheting everything. I love the connection with other crocheters. I like making scarves, beanies. I mess things up too. You know what I'm saying? So, right, right, so, right. Yeah. So that's really that's really it. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. Um, I have a dog. Just regular gal, I guess, and likes to crochet. <laughs> and you're in a different time zone than I am, correct? I am. I'm central time zone. And I hope this echo isn't too bad. I really worked on it yesterday. I couldn't really get it to go away. But, yeah, I'm in Texas. I'm in South Texas. Nice. Okay. Wow. Yeah, the culture is very different than from where I'm at. <laughs> so, for sure. Yes. Um, wow. Are you in Washington, D.C.? Is that right? Um, I am. Yes, exactly right. Oh. That's where I'm based. Today, I'm actually in uh, New Jersey. So I'm carrying this fun cup because my, my mom, it's my mom. It's the best daughter ever. So I use this cup when I'm home. Uh, when my mom's kind of spoiling me here. Um, oh, wonderful. But um, it's also, you know, New Jersey, it's not a, a place that I would normally like to stay. I like DC in itself. I've been there since 2011. So. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I wanted to first start, like, what was your, can you share your crochet journey? Like, where did it all begin? I would love to, like, know 
kind of how it started and or um, if any of it was passed down from your mom, right? Because I think a lot of that stuff for me has been passed down from my grandmother and from my mom, but I just wanted yeah. to uh, yeah, you know what, I usually, I've been telling the same story in all my interviews, and it's, it's the short version. So for my mom, my grandmother, if they crocheted, I didn't know about it. It did not get passed down to me from my family at all. Here's, here's the real beginning of crochet. In like 2004, maybe, I worked at a call center, and I worked with a bunch of, um, I don't, uh, elderly ladies, and while they were taking their phone calls, they were crocheting. And yeah. so, yeah, so I, you know, we had weird hours, late hours at night and stuff. And, and um, a couple of them would teach me the stitches. And so back then I had no idea what a pattern was. I just bought yarn and a hook and mm -hmm. I made blankets and they showed me how to make hats. So that's where that started. That was way before I ever really actually picked it up to try to learn how to read patterns and actually be serious about making things so that's where my crochet journey really started wow that's really awesome wow, wow wow so different than mine i don't crochet i knit only so but i'm trying to get into crochet in fact today i'm going to be joining my mom's best friend who actually does crochet and she's doing like these japanese patterns and a oh, necklace very interesting nice. yeah but um but I guess for me, um, in how I saw it grow up, um, I, I witnessed like my grandmother who obviously made all of my clothing. Um, it was crochet and knitting. So um, I would have sweaters, you know, up till the age of four that were all like handmade, oh. crocheted or knitted. Um, and um, and um, to some extent, I've, you know, I would see her, my grandmother in Colombia, you know, with coffee, usually with her friends also chatting away with her best friends. And so it, it was very, this like very connecting moment, I think, for mm -hmm. them. Um, it was like their group of, of friends that they got together to do this. So whenever a new baby was born, they would, um, they would crochet. Aww, so, yeah, so I feel like I'm, I need to get on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, yes. I definitely, well, see, that was in 2005 when I first learned. And then when I had my daughter in 2011, and then um, she was maybe a year old when I decided, oh, I want to make her things. I want to make her things that she can keep for when she grows up. And so that's when I picked it up again. And that's when I got on YouTube. And I was like, I want to make her a doll that looks like me. Right. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, wow, wow. That's really interesting. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, and so here I have a, a few more questions for you. So can, can you share what you experienced um, when, when the Bernie doll picture went viral? I think I asked you this um, in writing, and I think you had a really great explanation. But, um, you know, I think I connected with you because I was like, I fell in love with the doll, and I think everybody did. But um, when I saw it, my first instinct was like, wow, like she must be like overloaded, right? Because um, it kind of might have come, come out of nowhere. And so I just wanted to hear what you experienced and kind of how did that impact your sense of identity, your sense of community or you personally or professionally? Yeah. Wow. That's, yeah, that's a lot. So, <laughs> the, you know, there were, there were two things going on when that happened. Well, for one, my life was like uh, all kinds of wonky. I had just moved in with my mom. I was living in Washington. Things were kind of topsy-turvy for me. Mm -hmm. And I, so when I saw that meme trending, I went and made the doll, right? And wrote the pattern as quickly as I could. And I was writing that pattern as the photos were going viral. And my phone was blowing up. Things were going crazy. But I'm like, I got to write this pattern. And... Uh, 
and then I finally released it. And so two things were happening. One, the whole viral thing of the photos and then the auction, because I started that too. But then mm -hmm. there was the business side of it where I released a pattern. So I, I want to be there for those people who are trying to work through my pattern because some of it is kind of tricky. And uh, so it was super difficult. I was just losing my mind like, oh, this is so great, but oh no, my pattern had a mistake. I gotta fix it. I gotta do everything I can do to, to help. And it was, it was so difficult weeding through my inbox to try to find people that need help. And so that, and then, okay, so that's one side of it. But then, then it was like, uh, oh, Toby, you're, your doll is so great. You're so talented. You're this and you're that. And, um, and it took a, well, I don't think it, it still has sunken in. I still can't really accept that. I'm like, oh, yeah. wow, that was nothing. I, I messed up. And <laughs> right, right, right. Wow. So, but, um, but just so people are aware on the call. So what I asked you is you were the, you were the original maker of the pattern and the picture that went viral. So that's what makes you differentiates you potentially from other um, crocheters and or um, and then also the auction which is pretty huge like I think that's a ton of money that you raised right so how did that actually happen so you you put it for auction once you saw that it went viral or was it yes yes well I had I had put up auctions before for charity and small time right and I, anything helps so that's great but when I saw that that the the pictures were getting attention I was like if we did do this auction, we could really, you know, it would get a lot more attention and it, we could raise more money. And right. so, yeah, it was a crafter friend that told me about that. She told, she had told me what Bernie Sanders did with the meme picture on his sweatshirts. And so I went, got on eBay and I was, it was like, Meals on Wheels, America. Yes, let's do that, yeah. right? So that's what I did with that. And um, yeah, we... I was very surprised. I was not expecting it to be that much at all. The last auction I did um, that was not for charity was 180, but for charity uh, was like 40 bucks. So like right away within the hour, yeah, within the hour it had exceeded that. So I was like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Yeah. The Are you okay to share what the final total was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The final bid was 20,300. Whoa. And then right after the auction was over, I'm talking to the, the representative from eBay charity and she informed me that eBay was going to match that bid. So it was a total of $40,600 that was donated to Meals on Wheels America. That's amazing. So, That's yeah, like, yes. it's huge how the power of like something so simple can have such a huge impact, right? Wow. Yes. So, yes. so uh, what made you choose Meals on Wheels as opposed to any other charity or is it something that like, you know what? It's, it's two things. One, um, Bernie Sanders did it, but also like, um, for as long as I can remember, like in my younger days, in my early years, if somebody fed me that, that to me was like, oh my God, you're sharing your food with me. Thank you. You know, I'm so grateful myself. Right? I'd, I'd be at work somewhere or when I was a kid and I was hungry and somebody make me a sandwich. I was like, I had a friend's house. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> it was like. There's nothing more, um, I don't know how to describe it, but there's something so caring about sharing food. You know what I mean? 100%, so yeah. it was both of those things. It was like, oh, Bernie did that? I think that is cool. That is really something I'd like to contribute to. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And I agree with that. Definitely um, 
even growing up in the states when i first got here you know we depended on a lot of people's support and um and i was introduced to a lot of cultures as a means of, of just because i was being like taken care of and fed by different families when i got here so i i agree with that a hundred percent wow um well um super great so um and i wanted to know um what like you are um you're you're in texas but do you when you say like when someone asks you like where are you from if they like are you latina or are you not or like where are you or where's your family from you know um i ask my parents all the time as far as back as i know my grandparents were born in texas so when people ask me i just say i'm hispanic i'm from texas um uh, I w it's it's it, well, if you're talking like great grandparents, I'm sure somebody's from Mexico. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's where like ancestors. The roots, you know? right, right, right. Yeah, but like my grandparents, my parents, everybody was born here, and um, so I just say, you know, if you want to call me Latina, yeah, I like that. I like Latina. I like Hispanic. It's just kind of I just say, you know what? I'm American. I'm Hispanic. I'm American. Oh, wow. I'm not really particular about it. No, 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 no. Yeah. So that's why. Um, wow. That's I like your reaction to my question. Um, just because. Um, wow. You know, it's it's I asked you your sense of identity and like when you struggle with the question, it it it's hard because sometimes we don't actually know how to identify ourselves. Sometimes we like have so much to bring and we are so much and um, sometimes that question is hard for me, right? Because I was born in Colombia, but I grew up here and I've been in different places. So I'm like, what do you mean by that question? Um, and so it's more about like how we choose to identify ourselves. Um, so yeah. yeah um, well, so I guess the question is, do you choose to identify as, um, like, how do you choose to identify yourself now that this, um, has kind of taken, um, is unfolding in your life? As far as like, um, you mean as far as like my, like being Hispanic? Is that what you mean? No, or you don't no, know? as like, as Toby. Um, oh. like I would, I would, I was going, I would go as far as saying like, Toby, Toby, the, the crochet lady, I don't know how you define yourself. <laughs> I like that. You know what? I feel like because I'm hearing other people say business owner and that's new to my ears. The people are calling me business owner, like on my own local news, I did a little, a little interview and, um, but you are, that's how yeah. they introduced me. And I was like, did you hear that? They called me a business owner. But you are. <laughs> I guess I never thought of it that way. It was like my little, my little side, you know, mom business on the side that made extra grocery money. And then all of a sudden now I'm a business owner. So that's something that I'm trying to accept and trying to like step into that and actually, you know, act like a business owner and try to run my business. Like, oh, <laughs> are, is, yeah. yeah. Trying to do that. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, in fact you are, um, but wow, that's, that's really awesome. I really love that. <laughs> Um, so, um, oh, cool. Um, is there anything else you want to share? I, I just, I absolutely love that because actually in the work that I'm doing, right, it's about like embodying what you want to become. And you've been doing this for much longer, like for a long time. So it's kind of ingrained in you. Like, this is just what I do. It's what I love. Um, but for me as a, like a coach and consultant, there's a lot of things I'm stepping into that are completely new. Um, and while I know I have the skill set, sometimes I doubt it. So I feel like the experience allows you to identify very strongly with something that you are, you, you really are, you know, having right, experience. Right. So for me, it's, it's so beyond 
a business owner because it's the love of the craft, right? And and there's so many aspects to it because since right. this happened, I have been connecting with so many women and this is something that has never happened to me before. I've got like five good friends, seriously. Okay. But now, since this happened, I'm chatting all day long on my Instagram and I'm making, I feel like I'm making real connections and real friends and, and not everybody's a friend, but some of these um, people that I've been able to make connections with, I really feel like that's, wow, I'm meeting some amazing women, like from all walks of life. Oh, right. Yeah, and, wow. <laughs> yeah, and, and then there's the whole, I mean, like I said, there's so many aspects to it. There's connecting and then there's like teaching and the Bernie pattern, the viralness of the Bernie meme and the pattern, it brought out people who have never crocheted before and wanted to learn so they could make the doll or people who hadn't crocheted in 20 years and they picked it back up so they could make the doll or, you know, crocheters who only made blankets, you know, so I was interacting with a lot of women, helping them through the pattern in teaching. And I really, I really like that. Wow. So it sounds like as a result of this, you've also started to create some sort of community um, for yourself around this. So that's super powerful. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And that's all new to me. And I am so here for it. I absolutely love it. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm here for it too. With you. I mean, for you. <laughs> for you hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, my, my first question is how can I get started? Like, um, I'm like, which type of yarn do I get? You know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so simple. You know what? You, you just start really simple. It, it should be fun. It shouldn't hurt. <laughs> Yeah, it should, it should be fun. It should be therapeutic. It should be exciting. And all it is like for me when I started, I just found a, a cute little YouTube video, and um, went from there. And then you just kind of keep practicing at it. Yeah. But it's it's always a a good thing to have like somebody like a crochet buddy. That's right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. I love that. Oh, wow. Well, I will get started. I will actually, um, I'm going to be connecting with my mom's friend today. So we're, I'm going to actually ask, my birthday's coming up and I'm asking her for some crochet needles. So I'll, I'll keep you in the loop as to my progress. But uh, my goal is really just to be able to make a doll. Uh, but I'm going to start small because it's hard, you know? Sure, sure. For sure. Oh, wow. Um, thank you for sharing all this. It's so, it's so amazing to hear directly from you because um, you're just genuinely like, like connected like it like wow like you're like surprised by it but i'm like um thank you like the thank love you. of the of life around around just that even being an experience for you is super huge so yeah well you know what i feel like um i don't even know how to explain it but i feel like i'm i don't know guided by the spirit if that makes sense like I hear the you. spirits because before before this happened like growing up if anybody knows me knows that i'm very quiet very shy very have a lot of anxiety social anxiety but for some reason, somehow, I managed to do all these news interviews and do lives and stuff, and I can just be myself. I don't know where that came from. <laughs> it's great. I think you're empowering other women to also do the same. You know, when I see you, um, you say, like, I'm goofy. I'm like, yeah, please be goofy, because people need to, like, when you're your best self, I think uh, people feel like they can be also themselves. And so, yeah. I think you're right. Was, I see a lot of people, like, I try not to compare myself to other people because there's some people who really have their act together and they're so organized and they're so perfect in what they're delivering and, and um, their content. And I'm kind of all over the place. And you know what? I have to remind myself, just be yourself. There's only one Toby. You that's know. right <laughs> that's 100% true yeah so yeah. if I, I you know if I'm kind of goofy or if I'm flaky or whatever well that's just me 
No, no, I hear you. But yeah, I, th I think authenticity, um, whichever way it comes across is felt, um, especially like when I'm in this like Instagram space, you know, sometimes I make a video and I'm more concerned about how it's going to be felt on the other end, right? Mm -hmm. Because I, um, as a coach, I realize like a lot of things are energy, right? So if I post a video and I feel like I'm faking it, people are going to notice that on the other side. Absolutely. You know, people will just know. Yes. Uh, they can, like you can smell like false falseness from from afar. It's like not. You know, even myself when I pick up the phone to do a story, and if it doesn't come out the right the come out right the first time, and then I try it a second time, and then it sounds weird, and then I just don't do it. It has to come out right the first time, or you don't get that or story. Or do it. <laughs> That's right. I'm working on that one. Sometimes I'm like, oh man, I could have said it better. But at the end of the day, just try to share the message. You know. But yeah, I like I like following your stories. They're really interesting and fun. I hope you've had a good time. I'm, I was gonna say, I know you're building furniture, and I was like, oh man, I don't think I get, have the patience for that. Um, I didn't want to, but I was I I need storage for my yarn, and I wanted to have it like all pretty behind me for our live today. Oh and no! Yeah, it I just takes time. No, don't worry. Um, hopefully, if we ever connect like this again, you'll have it up. And I will. I'm so working on it. <laughs> Very nice. Okay. So um, let me see. I had a few other questions for you. So how do you define culture based on your identity or the work you've done? Uh, oh, this is the best question. Um, do, you, do you consider that there is a culture, a crochet culture now that is, or has that been ever a thing? You know what I mean? Oh, or absolutely. Not. I think so. I mean, it just kind of depends on, like, culture is such a, a broad term. It, mean, it can mean so many things for so many people. And for me, like, when I think about my own culture, aside from crochet, my own culture is just how my, my family traditions, you know, um, helped mold me as a person, you know what I'm saying? Right, but right, right. crochet culture, I really feel like we're all kind of in the same circle dealing with the same things and we can all relate with each other and uh, we learn from each other and we support each other. And it's kind of like, if you know, you know, that whole crochet, you know what I'm saying, right? So that's how I feel like the crochet community is. It's like, no, you know, and I'm here wow. for you. <laughs> wow, that's super powerful. So that makes me feel like what I mentioned in the beginning, which is like my grandmother's group circles of crochet. It was like, you know, you're part of it and you know when you know, you know, who's there. Yes. And yes. It's very much that. Yeah. Wow. It's um, a closely knit community. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. Yes. hundred percent. Oh, wow. Who's this? I, I like this. It's a fun joke. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I wish I had witty, witty comments like that. I, I wish I did. Um, Sometimes they come to me and other times they don't, but I like that <laughs> I'm really bad at like comebacks, you know, like when someone like is like gives me and I'm like, oh man, I have no comeback to that. <laughs> sometimes I don't either. Or sometimes I'll think about it like 10 minutes later. Oh, I should have said that. that <laughs> you're right. You're right. Yeah. Well, for me, I think when I mentioned crochet culture, it's because um, I'm looking to cultivate community. Right. And um, d there's different communities, right? Like I work out a lot. I have a community where I do that. And then but there's also a need right now, personally, for me to create community around like women that um, I care about. And um, for so long, um, knitting was actually a space of like 
cathartic, a cathartic space for me. So I would knit mostly when I had like a lot of stuff going on or in my mind and I just needed to like decompress. And so I'm looking to connect with women to do knitting and crochet. And in fact, I, in college, I also connected with like friends who likes this and you would, you know, in my mind, I was like, oh, like, 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 honestly, you're going to say, you're going to see, I'm like, only like old ladies do this, but actually everybody does it, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now I think over the past couple of years, it's really changed the whole crochet thing, especially with the amigurumi becoming more and more uh, popular. You're seeing a whole lot more younger people, you know, oh, wow. There's joining that. this community. So, can you share more about that? about the amigurumi and the younger people is that what you mean yes well, mm -hmm. you know when i first started crocheting or again back in 2012 and i wanted to make these little dolls it was um it was like one or two ladies that i found that were doing it what mm -hmm. i wanted to make and over the years you see more and more people and it's and i'm talking about allison allison hoffman of crappy is cool because being crappy is cool like that is such a great name i always like that because it's like it is cool it is cool. It's yeah. not for only older ladies, even though that's, that's who taught me, you know, but it's right. so but like, now. it's bad that that was my perception for so long and it's not true, you know? Yeah. It's like, especially with Allison making things that, um, uh, that are in the pop culture, pop culture things that we all recognize. Like I know she made Star Wars stuff or, or anything that's trending. And it's like, that gets the attention of younger people. And I think that that's what has um, kind of snowballed into what it is now. And you see a lot of younger people doing this. And, it's, and then the, the pandemic, where everybody's at home, hey, let me learn how to crochet. And then you're looking out, you know, on the internet, what's out there. And there's all these cute, fun toys, you know. Right. So I think yeah, that's wow. uh, Super cool. Yeah, so I, what I'm hearing from you, Toby, is that they're, like, due to maybe social media, like a lot of this influence, there's really a huge opportunity for all sorts of audiences to kind of um, get into crochet and use it as an avenue to create community for themselves. And um, yeah, <laughs> and so Absolutely. I, I, I say that one more time. Absolutely, that's, that's exactly what I was saying. It's like you can build these relationships while you're doing something that's therapeutic, but it's also fun, and sometimes it can make you money. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> that's the way it should be. You know, we should we should be able to make money off the stuff that we love the most. Um, um, yeah. So actually, that actually reminds me a little bit about the work that I do. So a reason, you know, part of my work as a culture coach is because I spent a lot of my time um, working in previous corporate cultures where the environments were not conducive to me feeling my best, right? So toxic work environments. Um, and so this is where the, the nature of my work started, um, really evaluating how do we connect better? How do we communicate better? How can we um, build more awareness in ourselves so that we come at things and we build community in a way that feels good to us? It doesn't feel like we're in an environment where, you know, we're, we're spending all of our time there, but actually hit our lives. Like, that's not how it should be. So, right, right. yeah. So I help people, um, um, especially like young professionals like myself, navigate that and specifically working with um, team leaders. So I work um, currently for an education technology started where I help build corporate culture with the executive leaders um, there. So um, I'm also in a consultant space able to provide some workshops for um for people who, who want to do that culture building or start it with their teams. 
Wow. <laughs> you sound so amazing. You sound you so are smart. Too. <laughs> <laughs> you are too. Um, but yeah, so, um, and then, so how could people connect with you um, or connect connect with the work that you're currently doing, right? In order to, how we said, um, create culture or build community. Um, right, well, that's that's through Instagram or like my, my, um, my email. Mm-hmm. Now that things have kind of calmed down a little bit, I tried really hard to just read every message and respond to every message because every message is like, um, uh, I love it. You never, I never know who, you know what, sometimes I'll open a message that, um, like a message request mm-hmm. and then I'll scroll up and I'll see that this person has been following me since the beginning and I just didn't see it because I hadn't gotten to that message yet. So, wow. um, yeah, Instagram sent me a message. I try to respond. I try to help as much as I can. Even my emails, um, the Toby time crochet at gmail.com. I answer those pretty quickly too. Yeah. Got it. Um, and um yeah, are you is your pattern still say that one more time i love chit chatting okay. uh, i talk a lot <laughs> that's true i like that um i'll definitely chit chat more with you as i get started on my thing um and is there patterns that can be purchased through your website or through etsy currently right on etsy i have i think about four or five patterns it's the bernie the biden i have some um rbg robe accessories well maybe i just have four I can't remember what I have up there. Um, but yeah, I have a couple of patterns. Now that I'm in my new space, I can get back to writing patterns. I've got so many ideas and um, I'm just looking forward to being creative again in my, finally in my own space. That's great. I'm glad. Um, wow. Okay. So like, for example, when you write down these patterns or when you start to get creative like this, what inspires that? Um, that's super interesting. Cause I was thinking like, oh my gosh, I would love to make a doll of myself one day. <laughs> yeah. You know, I can't, I can't explain it. I feel like I just, like when I knew that I wanted to make, um, that Bernie doll, it's mm-hmm. like I become, uh, for lack of a better word, like possessed or hyper-focused. I yeah, don't know. That's, that's <laughs> it's like I uh, went, I woke up and I said, I'm going to make that doll. And I ran to the store and I got what I needed. And I sat at the table and I just worked. I didn't even, this is where I messed up because I was so focused on making it and having it come out right that I didn't write down what I was doing or take pictures. That's why I had to do it the next day because it's like, you're supposed to do it at the same time. Right. But I couldn't, it's just a, it's just a burst of inspiration and hyper-focus <laughs> for me so yeah that's that's how that happens and that happens to me a lot where but I like that feeling how long does I, it take you or like do you need um time to decompress because I, I know for me at least to be creative I need to be like in a, a lot of silence and not be bothered but some people don't thrive off of that so how, what prepares you to like get in that zone or you do know, you need to like block people out <laughs> this is why I call it Toby time there's a reason for that because it's like it's my time get out of my space (laughs) like i have to be alone i have Mm -hmm. to i like to focus i'm not no distractions like no husband no no baby like they they've got to go get busy doing something give me my time and that's where i can focus and i love that feeling i love of just only focusing on that and that brings me so much joy i don't even know how to explain it pleasure Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) Especially when my when my doll comes out the way that I want it or whatever I'm whatever I'm making if it comes out good I'm like oh my god I just did that (laughs) (laughs) 
Nice. Wow. That's really interesting. Cause I think um, a lot of the times we don't pride, like we don't give enough value to that time, right? Like to whatever, for me, it's like silence for you. It's Toby time where you're just in the zone with yourself by yourself to be able to like get creative. And as a society, sometimes I've come to find or that like, we don't value rest enough. We don't value silence. We don't value quiet time enough to be able to like process. Right. Um, But in order to be as creative as we possibly can, we need to enter those spaces and give ourselves that space because it's, you know, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So a lot of the work that I do with like uh, young people like me is, is work on that. Right. Because for so long I thought, uh, Oh no, if I just work harder, like more and and push myself more, I'll get the results. And it doesn't actually work that way, right? When we produce our best is when we feel our best. Um, And it's kind of like this, like you wouldn't think that's the case, but uh, you actually have to, yeah, yeah. I'm like, there's no reason why I can't enjoy myself, not push myself and still make a lot of money. (laughs) It's like when, when somebody tells me, oh, you should make this person or you should make this. And it's like, yeah, that's a good idea, but I'm not inspired to do that. You know what I mean? It's like, it has to come from me. So I, I could sit here and I could make things, but I like to make the things that, that just come to me and like, Oh, I want to make that. And then that's what comes out really good. The thing that somebody says, Oh, that would be a good thing to make. Like, yeah, I could make that. But my heart and soul is not in that. My heart and soul is the one that I wanted to make, you know? Whoa, that's amazing. What you just said is really interesting. So this morning I was putting together a free resource on goal setting. Um, I actually gave um, like three free workshops on goal setting in the beginning of the year. And one of the, I'll actually read this to you. So it's really interesting. Um, Let me see if I have it here. So I talk about the mental roadblocks that people may experience. um, Right. And so one of the the mental roadblocks is called defensive failure. Defensive failure is kind of like when you say uh, to yourself, oh, I'll give you an example. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run three times this week, right? That's my goal. And then it comes the end of the week and I never haven't done it, you know, whatever goal you have in mind. Um, So um, defensive failure is kind of like you get defensive about like, oh, you did it once. It didn't really work out. So I'm like, I'm not going to try it, right? So that mental block is really caused by it's actually three mental blocks. So I'll tell you, one of them is one, I just don't think I can do this. Um, right. It's kind of, we always think that someone has like more talent. Right. So for me, I'm always like, oh, like I was like, Oh, maybe I can't do crochet. Cause it's too, 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 inte- like too challenging. Like it's like, I don't know if I can do it. So that would be a mental block. Right. Or other times um, people say uh, people like, uh, like me don't do this. Right. Or you think that, other people, yeah, like if you did something different, people might reject you. Um, and the last one um, is, I feel like I have to do this thing, but I don't really want to, right? Yeah. So here, here's the thing. So when we do that, we create a mental block for ourselves because we're valuing the goal for the wrong reasons, right? Um, and what I mean to say is like, if Toby had the choice of doing something she uh, didn't like, but got her closer to a goal, or something that she genuinely liked and loved, but didn't get her to that goal, you would always choose the thing you liked, right? Because as humans, we're programmed to, um, to we're, we're more programmed to do the things that are easy and that make us happy. So, you know, if there's one thing we've learned this entire year during a pandemic, it's like, just do the thing you love, right? Don't push it. Absolutely. Yeah. 
because otherwise uh, we're just uh, we're doing the thing for the wrong reason and so that me what you mentioned just gave me that thought it's like really just do it because you love it and as a result of you doing that you'll create more more of that the intention definitely um makes a difference yeah yeah i totally agree it's like aside from the burning thing before when i was working it's like um yeah i can make some money but i'm making money by mass producing something that i don't really want to make because you know you can i can sell finished items but when i'm making like prints or selena and i'm i hyper focus on those dolls those are that's my best work you know what i'm saying wow yeah but i know think people feel that for sure yeah, but it takes me so long to make those and I can only make like, you know, one here and there. So the, the, um, before Bernie, making money was a little bit different for me, mm -hmm. you know, but you're right. I, I really, I enjoy making what I want to make. It, yeah. So, yeah. I hear that. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. So, oh, wow. I, I, when I hear you, I'm like, wow. So your business is really driven by your passion and like, we have to get there also by being like consistent with what we do and so it must have taken a long time for you to get to where you are but you know <laughs> absolutely there was a long time where people were like you should sell your stuff and i'm like no it'll take the fun out of it no because then i'm obligated to make you what you want i don't want to do that <laughs> it's my it's my art you know what i'm That's saying right. it's art i'm not a like I don't know. I'm not a machine. I think I saw a meme like that uh, not too long ago. I'm like, I'm not a machine. I'm an artist. I'm making what I love. And, and if you, if it's too businessy, then it takes the fun out of it. It takes the love out of it. But, oh, wow. but you can do both. You can, you can do both. Right. Wow. So that's, um, I was also reading this book called you are a badass at making money. I highly recommend it. And they talk about how sometimes like as even like as a woman i've recognized that like uh we may have certain perceptions or we may view money a certain way or we may view rich people a certain way so we're like oh i can't i can't make money and do the thing i love but that's that's actually a story that you've created in your head but as long as you re recognize that you can bring that story down and create a new one you can you can uh feel abundant or create abundance in your life doing something you love you know? absolutely absolutely especially if you have a passion for it I never would have imagined that this whole burning thing would have happened to me. Like I was happy making extra grocery money, but now it's like, Oh, you know, I can pay my bills now. That's great. Yes. Oh, wow. For sure. Ooh. And so what stories are you telling yourself now? Right? Like, so some along the lines of like what you've created, what I mean is like, when we have these mental blocks, right? We can say to ourselves, no, I can't make money doing the thing I love. That's, that's a story, but we can change that. Um, is there something else that you've been, you know, a new story that you've created as a result of, of what um, the newfound, <laughs> or, or is it just like looking at your business in a different way? Right. Well, I think um, what I'm working on right now, trying to do is trying to accept the, um, well, compliments i guess i accept the feed the good feedback that i'm getting and and accepting that and being like okay maybe i you know what? maybe i am doing something right or i'm doing something good and i you know i hear it i hear it but i'm i'm also one of those people where and my husband told me this too it's like a thousand people can tell me how great i am and then there's one bad review and i'm hung up on that one bad review you know what i mean so i have to keep reminding myself to accept what people are telling me and to believe it to believe that you know what i i am doing something good i am 
um, putting something out there that is worthy. You know what I'm saying? Wow. That's especially on this month is definitely something I need to hear. Sometimes I don't do that for myself enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard being, yeah. Cause we're our own like best or worst enemy. So yeah. Is it best, en best friend or worst enemy? That's what I mean. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so much of that is also brought by like our own self-talk. Right. So mm -hmm. yeah, no, keep going, Toby. You're amazing. <laughs> keep it yes. Going. Yes. Thank you. I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying not to. Um, uh, I'm trying to just to continue to to be me and not trying to keep up with what other crochet successful crocheters are doing. Uh, just kind of keep doing what I'm doing. I think that works. Wow. Authenticity oh, so, along the way. Yeah. That's I how you get better at it. But you know. <laughs> yeah, but for you, <laughs> I always say yeah. Whoa. Um, let's see. So do you have any other questions for me? I just wanted to check. No? Uh, no, but how long are you going to be in D.C.? Because I would love to visit D.C. And if I ever get to go, I would love to meet you in person. Oh, I my would... gosh. I will be there uh, for sure. I don't plan on leaving. I've been there since 2011. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm bored of it now. But I haven't left. So I'm like, clearly, I'm not bored. <laughs> I have a um, thing for, like, U.S. history. I don't know why, but I love it. And I went to D.C. one time in, in 2010. But it was for a ceremony. So I didn't get to do a whole lot of... Um, touristy things so I, I would love to go back and do touristy things and if you're yeah. still there I would love to meet up with you please please reach out to me of course and I will by that time whenever that is I will have a, a doll ready like to show you be like yes I did it yes, <laughs> yes. yeah um okay I have like two more questions for you and then we'll, we can close out with some fun some fun questions so sure. I wanted to know um what are some crochet challenges you've experienced in life? So I know that like, as your business is growing, you're probably experiencing new challenges. Is there any like, you don't have to share if like, that's something more personal, but more on the lines of like, that you foresee any challenges as your business is growing or any advice you'd give in um, like growing a business as you've, you know, experienced it throughout the years. Um, well, one thing, and this applies to anything is like, you never stop learning. Like, when I taught myself how to crochet, I learned one way from a YouTube video. And then when I started writing patterns and realizing, well, there's like a whole bunch of different ways to get the same result. It's just kind of whatever. So right now I'm, I'm learning that like, oh, there's another way to do that. And there's another way to do that. And so just never feel like you, you know it all. You know what I'm saying? Just, well, it, it's, yeah, if you feel like you know everything, then it's time for you to find another business. Because <laughs> wow. it's constantly changing, constantly learning new things. People are coming up with all kinds of new stitches and ideas and like, just keep learning. And I'm reminding myself of that right now is, you know, I, I feel like, hey, I'm pretty good at crochet. Oh, I didn't know how to do that. So, you know what I mean? Right. That's the thing I'm struggling with right now. So um, can you summarize the advice you have? So keep learning, right? Because there's always new ways to new ways to do, do always your things or view things. Yeah, always keep an open mind. Like we can all be experienced and advanced, but keep an open mind to new ideas, new things, and continue to keep learning and keep bettering yourself, even if you are, you know, successful. So 
Wow. Okay. That's awesome. I think like from a perspective of culture, that's like the same, right? There's so many ways that you could see culture, view it, um, just as you can solve a problem in many different ways. And so part of the, you know, the conversation here was really to shine the light on how do you view culture, right? Um, people out there, like, how do you view it? Because obviously how your perception of it is colored by your own experience. And so, yeah, absolutely. Very nice. Um, let's see. So I, I had a few questions. So as you know, this is Culture in Cafecito. Um, and, and I mentioned how, how it was born. But a fun question for you as we're closing out is, um, if you were a type of drink, preferably a caffeinated one, what would you be? <laughs> right? Like if oh. you go to Starbucks or your local coffee, what would you be? Right? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a flat coffee. I'm okay. a flat coffee. You That's know exactly why? what I'm drinking today. So yes. perfect. It, you know what? Black coffee, I feel like by itself, it's so good and it's so strong. But if you wanted to, you can add a little something if you're feeling saucy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's perfect. Yeah, I always like uh, like to ask this because I think um, I always say like how you take your coffees maybe like emblematic of your personality or your mood, you know? And so <laughs> I take yeah, my coffee black coffee. straight, um, a little bit watered down because that's how they do it in Colombia. And it has to be Colombian because, you know, don't let anybody tell you that Colombian coffee is the best. <laughs> I'll have to try that. But I always want, like, I pour it in my mug and sometimes it's too hot. So I'll go and put a little water in there and it's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. If I were one, I would be a ch like a hot chai with double espresso. So that's how I'm like a little oh. sweet, a little spicy, but yes. um, with a, like extra caffeine to get the day going and like, you know, hard work. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's how I would describe myself. Let's see. I have one more question. So think of three top, your three top favorite songs right now, like off the top of your head that you're maybe either listening to or. Okay. So. I actually I've been listening to this guy for a couple of weeks now, maybe a couple of months. His name is Alan Stone, and uh, gosh, I just love his voice. It's a little bit Stevie Wonderish, you know what I'm saying? And then, um, so what's this? It's called uh, "Give You Blue," I think. It's like a romantic song, and like this this month is my uh, 10 year wedding anniversary. So oh when I hear goodness, that song, congrats. I'm thinking. Yeah, so I'm thinking about like, oh, I, I want to make some wedding dolls for me and my husband. And oh, that song would be so good if I made a little TikTok video, you know. So that's one of them. And then I always, always, always have Prince on. Always. Okay. <laughs> I like that. It doesn't yes. even matter the song. I, as long as it's Prince and that's what's playing. And one more song. Three songs. <sighs> That's it. It's Prince. It's just any Prince. It's any Prince. I, you know what? Because that's what I do. Like, I pick one thing and I just, like, listen to it to death. Me too. Or, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, with a lot of things, even with food, like, I find these, you know, chips that I like and I eat them to death. <laughs> Until I'm tired of them. And then I'm like, next. <laughs> I could do something different. Yeah, so right now, Prince is always, but right now it's Alan Stone and that's all I listen to. Okay. All right. So if this, if this was a mini mixtape about you, what, what would that say about you? And mind you, this a question is from Bernie Brown's podcast. Bernie Brown is this, um, this author that I, uh, I, I follow and read all of her books on vulnerability and on taking courageous action. She's really amazing. But um, I took this from her, one of her podcasts, which I really love. So just giving her uh, 
Um, and what, what was the question? Tell me again. The question is, so if you were, to, if this was a mini mixtape about you, right? Based on these two songs that you've given me, what would that say about you? And I think you probably responded that already. Oh, so never mind. Yeah. So well, it would say that you are very, let's see, you, you choose one thing and you, you're very, you go at it. Is that like for a while until you get bored of it? Is that, is that yes, what? but see that the thing is like, um, with this music, I feel like, um, the music brings up feelings and emotions and you know how music is. And when I focus on one thing, it's because that's what I'm focusing on in my life at the moment, I guess. Wow. So when you're talking, I'm talking about Alan Stone and there's so much, um, passion in his voice and his songs and his lyrics and I'm thinking about my marriage right so it's just kind of whatever I'm feeling at the moment I, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question right but Prince is an all-around thing like I think of my childhood and I think about um, where I was when I heard this or saw that and um, yeah so I'm not really sure if I answered that correctly. Is it part of like Toby time also giving yourself that space? Oh, absolutely. Okay, it's, all, it's all about giving myself that time to unwind or recharge or uh, whatever you want to call it, where um, there's no other distractions. I'm just in my in my zone with the music, feeling things and or not feeling things or, you know. Right. Wow. Okay. That's perfect. So, uh, so a, a lot of what I'm hearing is like crochet as well as uh, the music you choose is a way for you to be able to to connect with yourself, right? Um, not just, and, and what we talked about earlier is like build community and also connect with yourself. And so um, if there's one takeaway I have today is that part of the reasons I will be taking on crochet as my new hobby um, is really to just reconnect with myself more and to build community. And so I'm excited to do this and I'm excited that we had this conversation very purposefully so that I can guide it forward that way. That's so perfect. Yeah, it's to reconnect with yourself, like to process life around me to process everything and I just do it in my own space and also the community is amazing all right so, yes. so if I start crocheting how can I connect with people besides you like how do I can I connect with more people around it or is it just about asking for support no it's sharing it's sharing like just like I do in my stories and I hear a lot of people sending me messages like oh I wish I could share like you like just share there's only one you we need you you know, share your work, share your struggles, share your thoughts, share what you found, you know, even if it's just new to you and everybody else knows about it, share it, you know, that's my best advice is share yourself, um, social media, I love Instagram, so I, uh, you know, you'll see me on my stories, just whatever. So that's my best advice. That's share perfect it. advice. That's a great note to end on. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for joining me for this culture and cafecito. I know we talked about culture broadly speaking, but really it was a broad conversation around like how you connect and right. Um, mm -hmm. I t and as I mentioned, those were my takeaways, but broadly speaking, culture is collectively co-created. Um, so the more that we can stay connected um, to what lights us up, the, the more we can actually like create culture around it. And so I consider culture crochet culture to be a thing uh and yes. i'm really excited to be part of it so oh wonderful thank you for having me i really enjoyed this conversation it was awesome. thank you thank you and i was gonna say did your mom had any did your mom have any other questions about culture or you said that she found it, the topic interesting so she did she was she did have a, a couple of things to say about that and she started talking about her how she grew up and then the differences in in her childhood and my childhood and 
but some of the how some of the things kind of still carry through there was a lot of differences but you know we're all still very uh, there were some traditions that were pressed on. So, yeah, she, but she's, she's not here. She's at home, at her home. Right. Wow. That's super <laughs> powerful. Yeah. Well, I hope that you'll pass this on to your daughter. You said you have a daughter, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, absolutely. As soon as she's ready to crochet, I will definitely teach her. She's not ready yet. Oh, okay. That's very cool. Well, thank you so much, Toby. It was great having a cafecito with you. Um, and I, yeah, I look forward to stay connected. I will probably be messaging you soon about questions on how to get started so I can make sure to, to, to bother you for it. And of course, um, if I can buy your patterns, I will be on that too. Thank awesome. You. Anything you need, you let me know. I will help you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. So have a great day and, um, and good luck building your, the rest of your furniture. Thank you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Well, thank you so much for joining me once again for the Culture and Cafecito podcast. I hope that you enjoy your coffee and hope that these conversations inspire you to keep connecting authentically. Have a great one and hope to see you soon.